Welcome to Horror Ho Support Group, the podcast for the everyday horror addict. We hope you're doing well. This is Amanda Ross. <laughs> this is Look, prepare to be sick of me like that song that's going around because I did this mic is everything. So y'all I'm should see there. her. She got it up to her mouth and she, it moves with her. It's <laughs> I know I'm sitting here holding on to it like I'm Vanna fucking white, you know, I'm just moving around you just just you need to hang it you need to find a way to hang it above you so you can like pull it down you know like right like the people on like the wrestling when they're like let's get ready to rumble like you need that okay so don't tell me that because what will happen is that will go into my manifestation board on pinterest and then when i move <laughs> into my next house which i will have my own office that will be in the center of the room oh no <laughs> I shouldn't have said nothing. I'm, I you shouldn't her. have said nothing. <laughs> I doomed you and your poor husband. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it would be entertaining for me, but you know. <laughs> and me too. Well, uh, I'm Amanda, and I'm joined by the all as always, as always, by the lovely, by the lovely Samara. How are you doing? Uh, not feeling so lovely. You're sweet. But ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries, I am in an oversized sweatshirt and a raggedy bun and flyaway hairs because it is like the end of the day for me. I um, yeah. I actually just finished up a two-hour training uh, that I facilitated. So I've been I've been talking Ooh. for two hours already. <laughs> Straight. Wow. But it's yeah. always fun, though. It's still fun. Like. How are you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I started a new job last week. I'm still kind of in that onboarding phase where I have all of these meetings. I'm having to talk to all these people, which is cool. But as an, the introvert in me is silently just screaming every time because I just more and more of my energy gets chipped away as I'm in these meetings and learning and talking to people. And I, I want to get to where I, I can write and then not have to have a meeting every hour and a half. But I'm Listen. thankful. I'm thankful for the job. I'm thankful for it. It seems chill so far aside from the meetings. And so I'm, I'm not going to speak ill of it and like bash my blessings, if you will. <laughs> I'm going to use that bash my blessings. That's a good one. Right. More merch. But, um, Aside from that, I'm right. I am going to be starting rewrites on my book in the House of Transcendence. And Samara, when I tell you, it feels like I forgot how to write. Because it's been since January 28th that I've actually written a speck of anything. And today I woke up just thinking, how, how does one put pen to paper? And how does one write? And how do, specifically, do I do these rewrites? Uh, so stay tuned for my <laughs> agony of, of these rewrites because that's where I'm at. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. And you don't have as much free time as you did before because you started your new job. So, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. But, you know, I, you know, I've done, I've done two books already and how to do rewrites and all of the publishing, you know, I don't even know, shenanigans, I guess with jobs before so it's not anything that I'm I can't do I just I am more busy because I'm also a youtuber and a podcaster mm -hmm. and all this stuff now but you know we're gonna do it we're gonna work it out it's gonna be great 
pubs in July, so I have some time. Mm -hmm. Not that much time because I need to have this done by April to send to my editor, but I'll do it. I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. April? End of April? Uh, it's thereabouts, yeah. Okay. You got it. I'm looking at the, the calendar like, it's only it's only the third of March. Mm. You got this. <laughs> well, you know, it's also, uh, who who here and who, who here? What? Who's listening? You can let us know on Instagram and somewhere you can let me know. Is a entire month celebration for their birthday. The whole month is your birthday celebration. Is that you? Okay. It's me. It's me. So, that, so that's also my mother. And her birthday's on the 16th. So that's... Oh, God. There's so many people born on March. It's March 16th? Yes. There's so many people born on the 16th and the 17th. It's ridiculous. I don't... I have to so, count backwards to see, like, when were they conceived and why? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, is it just a... Not why. <laughs> when were they conceived <laughs> and why? Why? Like, count back. Like, hold on. That's three months and then add... You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Everybody was born. That's generally how people come to be. Yes, they are born. <laughs> like, people were just born on this day. I don't understand it. Well, before we get into too much digression and start talking about the birds and the fucking bees up in here, uh, let's get to our topic. What are we talking about today, Samara? Creepy kids. Yay. I'm excited to talk about creepy kids because I don't know about y'all. Okay, so we watch lots of horror films featuring creepy, creepy kids. We read, there are many books about creepy kids but I was also a confession. I was a creepy kid. <laughs> oh. This is news to you. I'll tell you a story about it too. Um, yes, please. Like once we get in like to the creepy kid stuff, remind me to tell you the story of why I was a creepy kid. My mom told no, me. No, no, no. I don't tell remember. Me now. I'll tell you now. Yeah. No, so no, don't. My mother. Don't put this shit off. You can't just be like, oh, I was a creepy kid, but let's wait till, you know, we're wrapping things up for me to give you my story. No, girl, now. Okay, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you. And my mother can, can back this up. I didn't, I don't remember this, but she told me, like she reminded me of this, right? So when I was little, maybe like three or four, I used to do just out of the, I was generally a good kid, like quiet, you leave me with the TV, you leave, you leave with some toys because I was an only child for a really long time. Um, I was straight. I would be quiet. People would forget I was there, right? But every once in a while, I would, like, do these really bad things. Just, like, mm -hmm. uncharacteristically, like, act out just malicious stuff. Like, I would, I don't know, like, hide my mother's stuff or I would take money out of my aunt's purse. Just ran, Like, just random stuff, right? That just was out of character. And so my mom got really frustrated with me one day. We were in the car. And this is what she said to me. She said, um, why do you keep doing these bad things? Like, I don't understand. Like, why? What's going on? You know, just tell me, is there something wrong? Why do you keep doing these things? And then I turned to her and I said, the voices made me do it. They told me to do it. Cool. I was like, I hear voices and they told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the devil made me do it <laughs> Samara 
What? Now let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I think I know the answer. What? Because we're we both are fortunate enough to have black moms. But okay. let me just say, to please tell me what your mom's reaction was. I'm pretty sure I already know. She was freaked out. <laughs> she was looking at me sideways, like, "What the hell is wrong with my child?" <laughs> we didn't have like an evangelical like pray the demon away moment. She didn't like douse me in holy water. But it, it was like, well, stop listening to him because I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> Basically. Like, that's that's <laughs> it. That's, there it is there. Like, you listen to me. I'm the only voice you need to listen to, you know. Yes, um, I knew that was coming too. <laughs> yeah, but basically, I'm pretty sure I grew out of it. I literally did not remember this until she just like, my mom used to just tell me stories about myself. Like, when I got older, she's just like, you know how parents are. They were like, when you were little... And then maybe a random like suppressed memory will come up and they'll be like, yeah, you were, you did like this really weird, creepy thing. And she did, she told me. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. That parents feel the need to consistently be telling their kids about themselves, but. They like to reminisce. But yeah, apparently I used to hear voices and they used to tell me to do naughty things when I was a little kid. Mm, mm, mm. Fun times. Well, I guess that's going to lead us into our first creepy kid. Uh, let's start with one I'm sure everybody has heard of, knows of, and that is, we'll talk about Rhoda from Bad Seed. Let's talk about her. Yeah. Uh, this was initially a book mm-hmm. uh, before it became a movie. It looks like the author was, uh, oh, there's multiple authors. What? Not multiple authors, but I'm specifically looking for the book called Bad Seed. And uh, here we are. I think this is the one. We should probably edit some of this, Samara, because I'm flopping and flailing. You're muted, darling. Oh, oops, sorry. Um, You had a whole conversation with I was saying, uh, definitely, I edit that out. When we have our brain fart moments, those go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I think it's the 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 book might be by William March. That sounds right. So Bad Seed, The Bad Seed by William March. Um <clears throat> and it's about a badass little girl named Rhoda. Who should have got her ass beat. And uh, you know, she's she's it's about the description on Wiki says. The Bad Seed tells the story of a mother's realization that her young daughter is a murderer. And so this is published in the 50s. And then the movie came out shortly thereafter. The the original movie is a black and white movie. Um, And uh, basically what happens is eight-year-old Rhoda Penmark, she, she kills a kid. And kind of, if I recall correctly, how they know is, um, she used her shoe to carry out the deed and ended up leaving a, a shoe print on the kid's face. And she had these very distinctive shoes. I think they were either pleats or tap dancing shoes or something, but there was like a crescent shape at the bottom of the shoe and that was left on the kid's face. And uh, shoes that, I'm sure you've seen the movie, it's black and white this little blonde hair, blue eyed girl, you know, coming across as totally sweet and just being like, 
but mommy, what's wrong, mommy? And, you know, she's a little badass, meanwhile. When was the last time you saw this movie, Samara? Oh, I was young. I was probably, like, middle school, if that. It's been a long time, but I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> like when we when we were talking, we were making our list and stuff. I was like, "Oh, I remember that movie. That little girl was bad as hell." And my grandma used to always play that movie. <laughs> you know, how grandparents just like play certain right. things on loop. That was that, and the Dunwich Horror was like her loop movies for whatever reason. Ooh, wow. Okay, my grandma just was all about Judge Joe Brown. She likes that too, but my grandma is a sci-fi head. It's really funny. She's the one who got me into sci-fi. Sci-fi channel is always on in horror movies. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, so Rhoda. This is our first bad creepy kid, I guess. Do we, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen the movie. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know that I have a Blackula for it, but what about you? Um, I, I shoot, first of all, Sometimes, okay, I think I'm, I gotta give it to Blackulas because I always have an issue with how white people raise their children. <laughs> in right. movies. Well, <laughs> but only in movies? I mean, in real life too. Sometimes like I, in real life. <laughs> but that movie, she could have benefited from an ass whooping, honestly. Or I would have gave her ass up for adoption or to God because there's no way in hell you're going to be out here killing my child. <laughs> there's no way. Yeah. And not that we're advocating for um, child abuse or anything, but she's a murderer. Yeah. She gave that up. <laughs> um, I, I do think she could have benefited from some better discipline initially. But um, yeah, she was a fucking badass. And what made it worse was that she had that annoying, sugary, sweet voice. And every time a kid puts that voice on, I'm like, you did something. You know, what What did you do? She had that one voice, that, oh, that high-pitched voice I can't stand when little girls have. It's, um, if you've ever seen The Imitation of Life, the, mm -hmm. the remake that's in color, mm -hmm. um, not Sarah Jane, but the little blonde girl, yeah, oh, I know. Girl, the way when she talks, that's what Rhoda had. <laughs> yeah. In the bad seed. <laughs> Which, sidebar, did you hear that they might potentially be rem remaking Imitation of Life and Beyonce might be attached to it? She's supposed to be. Zendaya and Beyonce are putting the money and producing, you know, doing that whole thing. Because at first, I thought she they were going to try to act it, and I said, absolutely not. But I heard that they were putting money behind it. And I said, okay, I'll give them that. Right. I mean. But they're not allowed to act in it, though. No. Not Zendaya? Nope. She, she don't got to be in everything. She really don't got to be in every damn oh, thing. that's true. Like, and also, what character would she play? She's not white passing in looks. She's yeah, clearly awesome. a woman of color. Like, put, just put the money in it, Zendaya, like you've been doing with Euphoria. And we'll be straight. But she's killing it in Euphoria, though. Yep. Yeah. Making her money. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, let's move on to our next uh, creepy kid. I was about to say bad seed, and then I was like, you know what? Get it together. They are bad seeds. Every single last one. 
So this next one is probably another one that's iconic, especially if you're a millennial or Gen Xer. Um, Henry from The Good Son, which is Macaulay Culkin's character. I tell me. I love The Good Son. It's one of my <laughs> favorite movies. I always watch it. It's it's on my Halloween list. Like it's the fixture on my Halloween list. The good son is always there, especially because the little baby Elijah Wood, like, I just want to pinch his little cheeks. He's so adorable in that movie. Right. And fierce, too, because he's tr- he's really trying to save people. He acted the hell out his little part. But yes, mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin's character, Henry, I thought it was great because was this was this post Home Alone? Oh my God, Post Malone. No, don't do that. <laughs> Not on this podcast. I, I was like, oh no. I, oh, you just restarted my brain. I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that because I was like, Post Home Alone, Post Malone, Jesus Christ. Girl, um, no, I don't even remember. I think it was around the same time. It honestly could have been after the first one, maybe between. Because okay. it might have been that he, from the popularity of the first Home Alone movie, then did The Good Son. Right, right. And, um, yeah, Macaulay Culkin, he did well. He did very well in um, The Good Son as, like, you know, the evil evil little boy. And then he could switch it off and be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. We right. were just playing, right, Mark? I hate when kids do that and parents always ignore it because they don't feel like dealing with the shit, right? That's why they do it. Right. But when a kid goes, well, we were just doing this, right? Like coaxing the other kid to agree. Usually I'm like, nah, I don't believe that shit. Separate. Like, yeah, that's, you know? that's a pretty big red flag. I hate it. Um, I always ignore it. Right. Yes, absolutely. Um, so how many Blackulas would we give the good son? I feel like you're going to give it top marks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start and I'm going to say I give this 4.5. Mm-hmm. It's getting it's getting three because once again Ooh. I can't stand the way white people raise their fucking kids in movies. Like honestly, this all could be avoided if y'all was paying more attention. That that too, I think is it. And I wonder if you know, kind of getting a little philosophical here. Let me push my glasses up. I wonder if it's if that's why the creepy kid trope exists, right? I think we, we've we talked about, especially I think on the Final Girl episode, about how with a Final Girl and she's pure, she's virginal, she's this, that, and the third, and that's supposed to kind of signify, look, girls, if you remain chaste and don't drink, then you could be not the one who's chopped up into pieces. <laughs> so I wonder if this is a cautionary tale for parents to pay more attention to their kids. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, definitely. But also, in the case of the good son, the dad works, right? Obviously, they had a big, pretty house by the lake, cliff, whatever the hell they were at, in a nice town. So, obviously, he's working hard for the money, right? So, he's gone. And then they do... (laughs) I knew you are going to do that. That's so great. (laughs) Um, But, um, and then they... Just to remind people, they recently lost a child. Right. 
And it is indicated that that child was actually murdered by Macaulay Culkin's character. Like, mm-hmm. it's never said, but it's implied, right? So we, we kind of know. Because he's also steady trying to get rid of his little sister, too. So mm-hmm. you know something's up. Um, and so she's dealing with that because it's still near. So she probably doesn't have the capacity to, like, really honestly be watching those kids like that. Like, she should have had help in real, like, in all honesty. In real life, she would have yeah. had help. Because... <laughs> right. A grandparent, an aunt, a sister, or a, a sibling, something Somebody. like Because right. she had three kids. Like, she took on her nephew. She's already got her son and her daughter. And she's dealing with the grief of losing her, her baby, basically. Like, like a toddler, I think. Itty bitty kid. Uh, and your husband's not really around. Like, I can't imagine. I don't. I won't. I can't imagine it. And I won't have to imagine it. Because so I don't have sense. kids. So. It makes so sense that be. Henry slipped through the cracks, honestly. It does mm-hmm. make sense to me. <laughs> but the rest so of then, the- But so you still keeping yourself, you're rating at three? Yeah, still three keeping glasses. it. Still keeping it. Still, because you still got three other kids and you know you hanging on by a thread and you rich white with a husband ain't around. Like therapy was there and accessible. Yeah, but girl, this was the 90s. Like people didn't go to therapy like people, that. People went to therapy. They didn't talk about it though. Oh, that's true. Especially white women were definitely in therapy, boo. <laughs> they were in their therapy chairs. Mm. They just didn't talk about it. But also, where was her help? Where the nanny at? Yeah, this seems very much like the kind of family that would have had a nanny. The house, big, pretty money everywhere. Like, right. like it seemed like old money, too. Like, the kind that they're not, like, glamorous about it, but you know they got savings. Right, so mm-hmm. true, but yeah, three because just neglect, just neglectful of yourself and your children. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I don't know. I mean, I think the good son is a good, the good son is a good. It's a good one to watch, especially mm-hmm. followed by uh, Bad Seed. I think they kind of go hand in hand in terms of the creep factor there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mm-hmm. switch it up to a couple more. Um, recent takings first and these are so these first kind of groupings are one that we've seen we do at the end have a couple that we have not read slash seen so i'm gonna switch it up and we're gonna talk about sadako from the ring otherwise known as samara (laughs) and we are specifically talking about sadako um the ring the book is initially by koji suzuki if you are interested in reading the book but yeah, this is definitely, if we don't, this is one of those, like, you can't talk about creepy kids without talking about Sadako. Yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. Um. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I was muted and I, can't, I had to unmute to try to come back. I was like, oh, it's my cue. So she missed it. Um, so I remember, so I watched the Japanese version and I watched both American, uh, like the, the American version and its sequel. Sequel was trash. I don't know why they even did that. So the Japanese version, very Japanese cinema, like early 2000, right? Very slow, a lot more character focus, not as plot driven. Then of course we've got the American version 
um, where it's a lot more action-packed, a lot more plot-driven, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's Sadako, who is this... The town basically named her a witch in the American one, like a small town, and they were like, we gotta get rid of this bitch, like, we gotta nix her. And so they... Mm -hmm. I believe that they sewed her mouth up and threw her in a well. The Japanese one... Basically, same concept. Like, she was up to no good or some sort of magical shit was going on and the town was, you know, ignorant about it and they killed her. Sold her mouth shut and killed her. Um, There's not much variance between, like, the Japanese and American version, except, you know, the little girl's name was Samara, my name, uh, in the American one and then Sadako in the Japanese one. Uh, but I think, I think the American one was more gruesome. Of course, of course. You know they got to show everything. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. yeah, the ring, the ring. It was good, but not like I'm gonna rewatch this every year. Good. It was like good when it was out. Right. Um, I think that it definitely was one of those movies that comes out at a, a crucial moment. Excuse me. At a crucial moment in kind of the zeitgeist, and I want to say it was one of the ones that I feel ushered in this wave of J-horror, as people call it, Um, but this wave of people turning to Japanese horror, seeing it, watching it, and then also a string of the Japanese, Korean, and Thai movies being remade. Because we had The Grudge, we also had um, that... We had one Miss Call. We had um, what was that one? Where the the guy was, yeah, the guy was a photographer, Joshua Jackson. Shutter. Shit, thank you. We had Shutter, which I think initially is a Thai movie. Um, so we had we had a lot, and I think that The Ring was responsible for it initially, not in a bad way, but I think it was. Absolutely, I think the. Let's also talk about her son, though, because Sadako's not the only creepy kid in the, if we're talking about the movie. <laughs> right, right. Her, um, why did, why, that was a choice, making him the way that he is. Is he that yeah. in, the, in the original? Um, In the original, I don't even know if she had a son. I, oh, wait, no, she had a son. He wasn't creepy. He's a normal little kid, from what I remember. Yeah. Unfortunately, he did, I think he did watch the tape, though. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that that's part of the conceit, but, like, Mm -hmm. I distinctly remember, is it the first one or the second one? I think it is the first one. One of the first scenes is she gets called in because her son's being creepy (laughs) and drawing all (laughs) these different things. And um, it it felt very much like, why, why make this choice when we don't see any other, that plot point? does not bear out over the couple movies. There's no indication that he's like possessed or that he's anything other than just a creepy kid. Why did you need to do that? He's just staring off into things with these big saucer-like eyes. I was just like, but yeah, why? Yeah, that's probably why we thought of Sadako over him as the creepy kid, because he just was there. Existed right. probably just was there to give us anxiety because like when you put a kid in a horror film, people are like, "Oh my god, what's gonna happen to the child?" Think of the children, you know. And me, I'm just like, can he go somewhere? Like honestly, 
hard saying. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I would really like to not have. You know, the only I I enjoy a horror film with kids in it when it's like a uh, kind of a middle grade tech horror film, and the mm-hmm. kids are are in the horror and they're solving the thing. Mm-hmm. But generally, I'm not a huge fan of when there's a horror film and there are kids. Just it, I feel like it complicates things. They tend to get in the way. Um, yeah. you know, that's what it is. I'm gonna throw one that was not in our notes, but I just oh. remembered. Mm-hmm. Out of the field. I'm not sure if you've seen this movie. You probably have. Case 39. Okay. It's a movie. Renee Zellweger is like a social worker. And she ends up um, going to this house to check on this family just as they are about to, like, burn their child alive, basically. Whoa. She's in the oven. And they're trying to tell her, you know, no, it's not what you think. She's not who she is, da, da, da. So she ends up choosing to foster this girl until Mm -hmm. they find a permanent placement. And she's thinking this girl's traumatized, whatever. Bradley Cooper is in it as a child uh, psychologist, which is a choice also again. But then the the girl starts acting creepy and weird and and kids start start being hurt. And she notices that they were talking to this girl and she starts exhibiting um, demonic type abilities and... uh, and, you know, starts kind of wearing Renee Zellweger down and is like, I just want to play with you. Why don't you want to play with me? And there's this one night where she closes the door and puts her um, shelf in front of it. And then, you know, she's not this meek little sounding girl. It's this really deep guttural kind of demon voice. If you have, I can't believe you haven't seen this. You really should see no, this. No, I should totally watch that. It's definitely, I would say... I'm not even going to say camp. It doesn't deserve that distinction. It is uh, cheesy in some moments. And like I said, having Bradley Cooper be a child psychologist is a choice because I don't. Jesus, Bradley Cooper. I can't take him serious. I don't see that journey for him. Right. But I would definitely um, watch it. And the little girl's name is Lilith because of, of course. course it is. Lilith. People. So. People. I just remember. Yeah, there's there's a lot of creepy like I remember that movie um Mama. Oh yeah. I think it was called yeah, it was called Mama. Um when they found the two little feral girls living alone out in a cabin. They've been there for mm-hmm. years. They were like, How in the hell did they survive this? Yeah. <laughs> and then they um, got it, like taken in and they were just acting all off. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also um Lights Out, I guess, would be creepy kid because it's kind of like an adolescent. Mm-hmm. In that way, there's also Ouija, Ouija, the the origin of evil, so the first one. Um, yeah, there there are quite a bit of creepy kids, but the the other one we were going to talk about a couple more is um, American Horror Story double feature Alma. Ah, yes. I didn't get a chance to finish that show, that season. Well, it's all you. <laughs> uh, well, uh, look, okay, so double feature. All right, I'll just preface. We at some point are going to do a whole ass episode. Ooh, whole ass episode is what I was trying to say. And then I list 
about American Horror Story. And so you'll, after you've caught up. I've seen every single season. I've seen even American Horror Stories, which is another whole conversation. <laughs> but um, in terms of double feature, I think I personally like the first section better than the second one. And you can come at me if you want to. But the first section of Red Tide, I think, was much better than the other section. And this is somebody who I love, Angelica Ross. I love Cody Fern. Mm -hmm. Giving mine, right? But the first section was much better, um, all partially because of the Alma and just what a fucking cold piece this little girl is. She gets finds out her dad is like doing, you know, drinking this, taking this pill to to be creative, and she's all she wants to do is be this famous violinist and so she's like let's do it give me the pill she sneaks one and instantly she just has changed but I feel like Harry the father should have known better because after she starts take you know taking these pills she suddenly she's the one who's like I'm doing the hard shit I'm the one that's willing to get us blood I'm the one that's willing to to get rid of this woman who's your wife who is she ain't shit that's me. But he and he's acting like she's acting all brand new. But there was full indication. Again, here we are. We're talking about parents paying attention in these cases. <laughs> there was every indication before she started taking this pill that she was a passive aggressive, mean spirited little girl. Every indication. And they just were not paying attention until it, it became too late. And the, the, I think, episode that got me, because it's also very well acted, is when um, they're basically gaslighting uh, Lily Rabe's character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at some point, either in this episode or the episode before, Alma straight up says, like, you're ordinary. Or, like, you're nothing special or unremarkable. Basically, base is like, you ain't shit. Me and Dad are the ones who are the stars in this outfit. You... You're nothing. You're ordinary. Like she read her, and obviously I'm paraphrasing, but she read her to filth. She read them rights. <laughs> yes. And she she was like, she yeah, because she was like, I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna do this. I have talent. You don't have talent. You know, because mom was trying to get her to stop practicing. And she, you know, her and the dad had fought, and she was like, Don't be mad at me because you know, your marriage is failing because blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously, I'm paraphrasing and probably adding some extra. But when I tell you she let her have it, my jaw was on the floor. And then the mom goes, go to your room. <laughs> Alma looks at her and has that look of like, I'm going to fuck you up later. Doesn't say anything. Goes up to her room and the mom starts crying, as one would expect her to. Um Alma is directly responsible for the murder of the sheriff in this town. And she's also directly responsible for her mother turning into one of the creatures because she ends up, I think, being the one to give her the pill or something or convincing her to take the pill. Um, and if you, I'm, I'm talking about stuff. Right. So, you know, I'm talking about all of this as though you know the conceit of this, but basically uh, in this season, um, Finn Whitrock is a uh, writer. 
he's a screenwriter. He's writing kind of cheesy, like, action film type stuff, but he wants to write the real shit. So he and his family abscond to some Providence, Providence town, whatever, for the winter, which the wealth, the privilege to be able to just leave your home and rent a home for the entire winter. Would love to see it. And there he meets two characters played by Evan Winters and uh, Francis Conway, who are a delight as always. And they they are famous uh, writers and they give him access to this pill and basically you're like, if you're talented, you you will do everything you want. Like you'll be able to accomplish all, you'll be able to write with such clarity. But if you're not, you turn into like a reject from the thriller video. Sorry about it. And so um, Harry takes the pill. He takes the chance because he wants to be, you know, famous. He wants, he craves it. And he ends up obviously being talented. And his wife, who uh, is an aspiring interior designer, is just not, you know, there's, and before she takes the pills, we get the indication she's, it's not, not there for her. It ain't it. So when she's forced to take this pill by Alma, because she, Alma is like, just be like me and dad. I think, I don't think that you're ordinary. Dad thinks you're ordinary, but I don't. I think you're special. I think you have what it takes is essentially the conversation because she'd been trying to, to get the dot, you know, to uh, her to take it. The dad stopped her, but then she sneak attacked and the mom took it. And what do you know? She starts losing hair. She starts behaving aggressively. She starts, you know, um, turning into one of these thriller video rejects. And Alma is responsible. And then, you know, the, the dad, uh, when she finally turns, he has this conversation with the mom and he's like, look, we both knew I was going to leave you once I got to Hollywood, like... It just wasn't going to work out regardless, whatever. And they give her a coat and send her out into the world as this weird, herky-jerky, zombie vampire type thing. And um, eventually, the dad is killed. Alma is saved. I, I think she... I don't think she kills her dad, but she's involved. Like, she don't stop him getting killed. And so Alma ends up with the chemist, who played by the fabulous Angelica Ross, whose outfits in this show will make you just want to die. And um, Harry's agent, played by Leslie Grossman, who also was a mastermind this whole time and was very like, you got to do what you got to do if you really want to be successful. And... At the end, Alma is at this super like swanky talent to, you know, try out to be a violinist. And this kid is like, it's not going to be you. It's going to be me. I've been training since I was six. You're only 12. I'm 15. I have all this experience on you. I'm this, that, and the other. And he, you know, reads her in what he thinks is like chef's kiss. <laughs> she kills him. She just looks at him and is like, okay. And then, like, and then he ends up dead. 
<laughs> so Alma is, I would say, definition of creepy kid because she not only is creepy like before she takes this pill, but she's even creepier after. Gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. But brilliant. <laughs> but right. absolutely crazy. I I recommend it. I'm gonna give it um three and a half blackulas. There were a couple moments that I just that lagged in the pacing could have been a little bit better. Mm. Um but I, overall I would say between um Death Valley. Red Tide was much better and partly because it was Alma. Makes sense. That's a good creepy kid. She really didn't care. She was like, gotta get rid of this fool. You gotta, I mean, if you watch nothing else, try to find the episode where she tells her mom off. It is. <laughs> I might just rewatch that scene tonight just to be like, ooh. I need to oh. see that. I need right. to see that. So the next one, and I believe it's our last one, besides like, you know, some recommendations, is Natalka from Blackwater Tales the Unwanted by mm -hmm. Jean Nicole Rivers. So we actually just finished reading this book in the book club. That was our February, yeah, it was our February uh, book pick. Right. Uh, and this is a book written by a Black independent uh, female author. I've enjoyed her other book, To the Moon and Back, and this uh, the Blackwater Tales, The Secret Keepers. It was very like, Secret Keepers reminds me uh, a little bit of like, um, what would you, what was that show? It was on ABC, uh, and they had the the person named A who was like after them. Pretty, pretty Little liars. liars, yeah. It gave me like Pretty Little Liars vibes, or I meets like I know what you did last summer type stuff right um, yeah so this is why I need to add it to my, my yeah it gave me like those kind of vibes um and so in Blackwater Tales the Unwanted there are uh these two American volunteers um Blair Baker who is the main character we're following she is from the town called Blackwater and um a guy, a white dude named Travis, who will be the nurse. Blair got hired on to be the teacher. Um, and they both are gonna volunteer at this uh, orphanage called St. Sebastian's somewhere in Eastern Europe. I looked up the town, I could not find the town. So I assume the town is not a real place. Right, I think it's, I think it's kind of a, she made it up, but it's supposed to be maybe Ukraine. Ukraine or Hungarian or something like, you know, like Hungary somewhere. Right. And so, you know, they get to the town, they're both excited. Um, they get there and it's kind of, the town is poorer. Um, they get to the orphanage. They're really tired, just travel worn and weary. And um, a woman opens the door. She's older, not very good looking, pale, just blah, you know. And she's like, we weren't not expecting Not very good looking. Not, not very good looking. <laughs> oh, the shade of it all. The shade. That, that, I mean, that's how I, I imagine her not being very good looking. She, I imagine her to look like the lady from The Haunting. Remember the 90s movie with like Catherine Zeta-Jones right. and Liam Neeson. And it's the lady who's like, you know, no one 
will no one from town will come like no one will go any closer than town and right. whatever she said I, I just remember like her being like in the night in the dark that's what that lady in the book reminded me reminded me of that lady mm-hmm. um and so she opens the door and she's like yeah we weren't expecting you today we were expecting you tomorrow come back tomorrow and they're like what the fuck where are you supposed to go like we don't there are no hotels here like what are you supposed to do and so they're like well there was a pub in the town let's go drink shit so they go they drink they meet this lovely uh couple who are like you guys can stay at our place overnight and we'll take you up to saint sebastian's in the morning but like everybody's a little bit weird because they're like oh you're working at saint sebastian's huh I would not recommend one star. Very ghetto. That's like how they were acting. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so they're like, oh, okay, whatever. This, this town is just whatever. So they do finally make it up to St. Sebastian's and uh, creepy kids every fucking where. Like, one's deaf. There's these twins. One's blind, I believe, and one is deaf. Right. Um. Then there's a little boy with brittle bones and then there's Natalka, mm-hmm. who seems pretty normal at first. Um, but she is under the belief that her father is going to come back to get her. And so she does wait for this man. And of course, he does not show month after month for years. But she gets upset when people are like, yo, your dad ain't coming. You're an orphan. And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's not me. My daddy's coming. Like, right. this is her belief. Uh, and so as time goes on, you know, Travis is getting sicker and sicker. Natalka has taken up this fun new hobby of baking. Blair actually encourages her like, hey, bake. It'll make you feel better. It'll be something for you to do. But everybody, like Travis is like the only one who really eats her sweets and he's getting sick. Right. right. Because Blair conveniently is like, mm, I don't like sweets like that. Yeah. She took like a bite of a piece of cookie, I think, at some point. <laughs> that was it. Not enough. Turns out Natalka was putting rat poison in the baked goods. Um, good old fashioned, you know, very flowers in the attic. Very nostalgic. <laughs> no, uh, those good old days of rat poison, of arsenic and old lace. That's yes. you sound like right now. Jesus. Um, and turns out that the the orphanage is actually haunted. Like Blair was having whole whole ass hallucinations right. about this little boy named Ivan who would who like randomly climbed on top of the, the orphanage roof in the middle of the night. Yes, in winter, right? So winter. it's not like it's summer humidity. It is winter. There's a lot of wind, <laughs> a lot of wind, and yeah, just he would do that. He he was he was generally lurk. A lot of kids lurking in this. I will mm-hmm. say that's a thing. They were lurking. They would stand and wait for her and scare her on purpose. They would climb in her like wardrobe and shit. Yeah, just be weird. And like literally the first day she's there, the kids are like, hey, don't go in the basement. There's something in the basement. Immediately. I'd have been like, you know what? Where's I'd have been just like Annalise. Uh what's her what's her last? I don't know why I forgot her last name. So it's part of the show. Her first name Annalise. is like Annalise. Katie. There you go. 
Annalise Keating, you know, like that clip, I believe it is, like Viola Davis, like grabbing her purse and leaving, like that would have been me immediately. Like I would have been that meme if kids kept like, first of all, just like popping up in her room. Um, all the people who work there are pieces of shit to you and rude. The townspeople are looking at you sideways because you work up there. All the kids are just like, yeah, I hear voices in the vent. That's not a rat. Um, and there's something in the basement. Uh, and then there's Natalka being fucking weird, like at all times. And I was like, you know, I would have left. I would have a passport. I'm out. Right. And the other thing with Natalka is that I, that at first was cute, but then it made me think there's something deeper. Is that she? It's noted that she of a lot of these kids kind of tends to care a little bit more about her appearance. Now these kids mm-hmm. don't have nothing. They don't really have when they first get to y'all. When they first get to this orphanage, these kids don't have fresh linens. They don't have only the clothes in their back. They don't really have food. They don't have all this stuff, but Natalka is, you know, she has all these hairpins that she's consistently wearing and she's like pen curling her hair back and, you know, trying to, to make something out of nothing, if you will. Um, Come to find out she has these hairpins and they just happen to be very handy for her when she's picking locks because she consistently is just entering rooms that she don't have a key to because she's Taking locks at this hairpin. And I would like to know who taught her this. That's what I would like to know. We don't find out, find that out in the book. Well, she's possessed. So <laughs> I'm assuming. He's taught, taught by a demon. Yeah, I'm assuming that whatever possessed her was like a lock picking queen or had like some crazy strength. Or power because I'm confused about that part too. <laughs> so I just chalked it up to supernatural shenanigans and was like, all right, suspending disbelief, you know, suspending it, suspending it. Right. Um, but yeah, Natalka, hot ass mess. It actually kind of remind, reminded me of Orphan a little bit. Like I fully expected her to be a grown ass woman, actually. Oh, right. But I right. think in reality, she was possessed by. And like a grown woman, probably like a, a evil or like the spirit of a child, an evil child. I had, it was not quite clear to me, but she was possessed. Sure. Yeah, yes, she definitely was. I think it probably would have been a grown woman, just because there were moments where Blair noted that she was talking, in a in a more grown up manner than mm-hmm. a child. Now, mind you, Natalka is supposed to be about twelve, so yeah. I don't really know how much that would matter because maybe she was just well read. But obviously I say this before I found out she's possessed, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so, so Natalka ends up, you know, being the creepy one who's poisoning, poisoning the adults. Yeah. So, Cause what you know, the adults gonna say no to a cute little girl being like, I make these cookies for you. And Blair was just ruthless enough to be like, thanks, I'll eat it later, and just didn't. Well, how we know that there was an issue was, so Travis started getting sicker, but then Mm -hmm. also she started side-eyeing Blair whenever Blair was like, "Mm, no, thank you. Like, she she was starting to get, like, a little 
a little pissed. Mm. Obviously, I but I think a more appropriate reaction if you were not poisoning somebody, but you made these things and they didn't want it would be more disappointment. But she would get like pissed, like she would just scrunch up her face and be irritated. So. Uh, like you said, that was a February pick. So how many Blackulas would you give the book overall? Mm, so that's difficult for me. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to break it down a little bit. So creepy factor, I'm giving it four. It did give me the creeps. The kids gave me the creeps. St. Sebastian gave me the creeps. And like, there were just some really random creepy stuff that was like dumped in there, kind of. I don't think it needed to be there. But it still felt creepy anyway. Um, I wanted to know what the hell was in the basement so bad. Right. I zoomed through like the last part of the book, right? Um, so yeah, that will get a, the creepy factor gets a four. Um, overall story, like just structure, it's getting a three. Mm. Just because it was some sub stuff was random. Some stuff was a little bit drawn, like the pacing was a little off for this book. Um, tighten up the pacing and make some stuff make sense, you know? The basement, right. once we found out what was in the basement, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a big deal. I was like, <laughs> right. It was a little bit let down. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I'm uh, also with her Blackula rating here. I agree about the pacing. I agree about certain things. Uh, I wanted more from what was in the basement, but I will say it. it I was compelled to finish the book. Yeah. There was never a moment where I was going to DNF it. And um, the kids were creepy. And Blair was a, a likable enough main character. She, I wouldn't say she's my favorite main character, but she's likable enough again for me not to to dnf the book mm -hmm. but i can't say that i was bothered by what happened to her in the book yeah while i was reading the book i was okay like i was pretty neutral about her but then once i finished it and i had time to be away from it i did not like her i didn't like blair mm. okay i don't know Fair. what it was i didn't like her I didn't really like Travis either. I was invested though. I was invested in what happened to them, but I did not like them as people. But I don't need to like them as people to enjoy the story. Sure. Yeah, I would I would agree. Um I've definitely had other uh main characters that I have like liked a lot more and not just talking final girls, we're just just in general. Um but I I want to read more of this author's work so it certainly didn't turn me off from reading more from this author oh no as soon as she comes up with the next book i'm buying it mm -hmm. <laughs> it will not stop me because honestly her writing just gets better and better so i'm like all right and hey that's what you that's what one hopes for mm -hmm. certainly that's what i hope for as an author that my first book was good but that it in the scheme of the books that I will release in my life, that it is the worst. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. It so <laughs> now we have a, kind of a recommendation corner. We haven't read these, but we want to recommend these, um, these two 
because they're black authors and they're rooting for everybody black. And also they have creepy kids. So the first one is Message in a Bottle by Nalo Hopkinson. And the creepy kid in question is named Kamala. The second one is Icarus Girl by Helen Oyeyemi. And the creepy kid in question is Tilly Tilly. So check those out. Right. Those are going certainly on my TV, TBR list. But check those out, y'all, if you haven't. And if you have, hit us up on Instagram and let us know what you think. I really do want to know what people think about those so I can... I just like kind of knowing, give, be be my Goodreads without being my Goodreads. And let me <laughs> be your story graph. That's better. <laughs> right. Be my story graph without being my story graph. That everything? Shall we wrap yeah. this thing up? Yeah, let's, uh, thanks for kicking it with us for a bit. I know this might be a little bit of a longer episode. Cut nah. this out if it's not. Um, <laughs> thanks for kicking it with us. Just a reminder. We will be doing the very last episode of this month will be solely dedicated to our March book, which is Jawbone by Monica Ojeda. So if you would like to read along and, you know, hear our review in the very last episode, get the book. If you want to read along with us and join the book club, there's a link in our bio on Instagram. And you can find us at Horror Ho Support Group or H-E-A-U-X Support Group. What about you, Samara? You got anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to promote or anything? I mean, not out of the ordinary. I mean, if you want to watch my review videos, TBRs, whatever videos on YouTube, you can find me at Samara Reads 2, 2 as in T-O-O. I'm same on Instagram, Samara Reads 2. And if you are interested in indie Black authors and indie Black comic book creators check out uh, my book box it's a quarterly book box fifth house collective you can find us on fifthhousecollective.com what about you amanda anything going on with you uh, um not much so we uh, <laughs> same with I, like like i said of rewrites um you can find me at amanda the author with two e's on instagram and tiktok and also on youtube i'm at 99 subscribers. So if you want to help me get to 100, I would really be eternally grateful. But um, yeah, if you if you need, if you're looking for writing tips, marketing tips, I also talk about kind of author mindset stuff, because I think it's important to talk about things like imposter syndrome and comparison and all that stuff. You can follow me on YouTube and um, follow me on social just in general, because I'll be talking about all my books. And if you want to hear more about Black fantasy books with black witches, then certainly do follow me. All right, let's wrap this mother up. Guess we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.